this week was newsworthy. Attracting a lot of interest, a lot of money, a lot of talent. From Orion X in association with Inside HPC, this is the At HPC podcast. Join Shaheen Khan and Doug Black as they discuss supercomputing technologies and the applications, markets, and policies that shape them. Thank you for being with us. Hi, everyone. I'm Doug Black, Editor-in-Chief at Inside HPC, and Shaheen, it's a great pleasure to be with you, work together on this podcast. And so our special topic for today is HPC AI chips. But let's take a quick look at some of the important news of late in HPC in general. Yeah, there's been a good bunch happening this week. This week was newsworthy. So what caught your eyes? Well, it was. it's interesting. You know, Intel, they've really actually had some good news lately. Now, this does not include their latest quarterly earnings, which were pretty disappointing. But we covered the uh, announcement from CyPearl, and that's the European organization that's building processors for the European Exascale effort. Right. CyPearl is committed to using uh, Intel's Pontevecchio GPU. That's right. I saw that, and that's pretty significant. Now, of course, CyPearl is using building a 72-core ARM chip to act as the main CPU for like an indigenous supercomputer. And of course, it was a question whose GPU accelerator we were going to use. And of course, as you mentioned, the topic of today is exactly that. And there's something like 60 of those out there. So the choices are plenty. So to use Pontevecchio is a pretty good endorsement for Intel's efforts. Yeah, it's a nice, nice win. I think that's how it's being looked at. And what's interesting, too, is that Pontevecchio is not on the market yet. Intel has not finished developing it. In fact, it was a question in my mind whether it's going to be available to others. So that's also a good signal that they're going to sell it to the general market. Yeah, commercialize it. So some other Intel news, uh, AWS is... um, going to be offering machine learning instances using Gaudi accelerators from Habana Labs, which is an Intel company. And then um, TAC, the Texas Advanced Computing Center, is using Intel's One API. So pretty good news there too. Yeah. And that was for remote visualization. I remember years ago, we were working with TAC on remote visualization. So that's been an area for them. So all in all, like a good one, two, three punch by Intel. Good job. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're we're and, we're kind of used to bad news from them a little bit, or news, you know, and uh, so yeah, that uh, was a pretty impressive run. No, actually, even their earnings results was positive for me because they doubled down on investment for fab facilities and redoubling efforts to catch up with the latest and greatest fabs. And of course, I keep reminding that the vast body of the market is not the latest and greatest fab, that there's a lot of good business to be had without being at the cutting edge. But of course, that's kind of where the game is at the cutting edge. And it's good that they're catching up with that and got packaging technologies that are pretty unique. If you combine that with the lower feature sizes, I think they can have a winning hand. So I'm rooting for them. Yeah. And I think Lots of pressure, of course, is going to be gathering and focused on Pat Gelsinger as, as the new leader. But, you know, I think lots of people are in his corner and he certainly has an assertive and defined mission strategy and that he's laying out. So I think he's been fabulous. I think he's been doing all the right things, pulling all the right talent, reinvigorating the company, kind of regaining their voice. 
And of course, you know, part of the reason I'm rooting for them is that Intel is now a matter of national security. They really cannot fail. Like we all want them to win. And I think that's a, also something that's went behind their back. Yeah. It's interesting too that, you know, TSMC is building a fab in Arizona that I think has a lot of people, you know, is looked upon as a very positive thing. But I also have heard that it's not one of their really advanced fabs. So there's still room for from Intel to get into that business again. Yeah. What I read was that it is so-called N minus two fab, or maybe even N minus one, but it is of course really hard for them to do the next greatest one, like you know, far away from where they usually do things. So maybe that's like a farther into the future. So that's good, good news. It's good news for really everybody involved. It's good for TSMC to have a big fab outside of their usual domicile. It's good for Arizona. It's good for the U.S. It's good for general capacity, but also it's not exactly what's going to get us to the latest, greatest in this country. Yeah. It's also good for NVIDIA and AMD, but... Uh... Well, actually, NVIDIA, AMD, Apple really want the latest, greatest. So I think their stuff is still going to be manufactured in Taiwan. Another piece of news is IBM is partnering with a Israeli HPC AI chip startup, New Reality, that's raised a bunch of money. And that kind of leads into our topic of the week. It does, yeah. Yeah, these advanced HPC AI chips that are just attracting a lot of interest, a lot of money, a lot of talent. Right. So, you know, Dano and I did a survey a couple of few years ago now. At the time, we called it our epic AI survey. And at that time, we could count publicly something like 27 different efforts to do AI accelerator chips, not even counting FPGAs that you know, and there were like three or four of those. And that was then. At this point, basically the understanding in the market is that there are upwards of 60, 60 different chip efforts around the world. So it's a highly crowded market and they're all raising serious money. So really a reasonable question is what's going on? Why is it that's happening? What's the answer, Shaheen? No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> I got some perspective. I think AI is the imperative of our time. Everybody kind of knows that. And of course, because AI applies to everything, it's sort of reminiscent of IoT because, you know, I used to joke that the projected growth in IoT is like higher than the GDP growth of the whole global thing because everybody was so gung ho about it. And part of the reason with IoT was that the T in IoT thing, well, everything is a thing. So it applies to literally everything. And I think AI is similar. AI can apply to everything. So you could really take a really sliver of a market segment and say, I'm going to build a chip just for that. And I'm going to just optimize the heck out of it. So what I'm seeing is that people are now trying to own subcategories underneath AI, like Cerberus does wafer scale. You know, some guy focuses on learning. The other guys focus on inference or graph algorithms or neuromorphic because it's like a different, there's different approach. So that's what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, the other thing is that you may have seen a two by two diagram that we did at Orion X, and it's kind of classical physics, quantum physics, and then analog computing and digital computing. So that gives you a two by two. And most of the computing world has been classical physics and digital computing. And now we also have quantum physics and analog that are being added. So I also see chip technologists that are trying to dial up, for example, analog at some point, like Mythic is doing. And, you know, I think maybe Sam Nova does something, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's also like the quantum effects that are showing up even within the traditional model. So those are all, I think, the reason why these guys are 
able to raise such funds is that they point to that subcategory and say, we're going to go on that. Yeah. 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 If you look at companies, uh, Halo has raised over $100 million. Next Silicon in Israel has raised over 200 million bucks. Yes. Yes. They have a valuation of one and a half billion. There's a Toronto startup in this category called Tenstorrent. And Earlier this year, we ran the news that they had hired Jim Keller, one of the rock stars <laughs> yeah, of, of, right, of, of chip design at Intel, Apple, AMD, and Tesla. Ten Storrent hired him. We ran the story. It's the most widely read story we published this year. Wow. Just intense interest. Yeah, that one was really interesting to me. And actually, that reinforces the point because when, if I remember correctly, they are focusing on automated software development, like when AI writes your code for you, right? And so now that's an, I mean, if I'm, if I got it right, that is an application space that is big. And if it is amenable to super optimization, then indeed, maybe that's a little market segment that in fact is a big market segment and you can go on it. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be nice if AI could do that for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's a segue to another thing we were talking about before the show, and that is that why is it that some of these guys build their own systems, right? I think while you better have engineering and go hire all the rock stars that you can and raise enough money so you can attract them, and then thanks to TSMC, you can manufacture it at really high density and low power. So the two remaining hurdles are the software stack which is really hard to do. But then there's open source and that facilitates things. And then you get to distribution. How am I going to sell this thing in the market? You talk to people at NVIDIA and they'll say, you know, yeah, our, our GPUs are tremendous and it's enabling AI and all sorts of good things. But they've also worked so hard at developing out a whole ecosystem on the software and hardware side, system side. And they'll tell you that's just as important and just as hard, if not harder than the processors themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, they continue to be the king of the hill and they have such a big head start and own the category. I mean, they are really like the Tesla of AI and, you know, Apple of AI and that sort of thing. And when you own a category like that, they're like research that demonstrates that if you're associated with a category, you get a disproportionate share of all the growth in that market, which is really why all the startups these days want to own their category because you do that and life is good for a good while. So they have competition a lot more than before, but really still have big momentum. Plus they're executing seemingly pretty flawlessly. They're, they're hitting their marks. Oh, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Of course, this is a good segue to even talk about AMD because they're another rock star of the chip world and Lisa Su and company have been executing flawlessly as well. And I think they are poised to be like the first processor company that has an integrated CPU, GPU offering. And that's a, that's a huge deal. That's where Intel's problems delivering Ponte Vecchio is kind of biting them that AMD, it looks like they'll get there first with that integration. Right. I mean, clearly the top three players are still those guys. It's Intel, AMD, NVIDIA. And then there's like a second tier that are making it on the short list. You know, Cerberus we talked about, they're just unique. You got to look at them. You know, Graphcore and Sam Bonobo are doing a good job and there are a few others behind them, the way I see it. Yeah, but that notion of one vendor, CPU, GPU, AMD will be first. Yes, that's correct. That's and that's correct. key. I think you have to use the word integrated because, you know, Aurora with Ponte Vecchio and Intel, that might actually show up first. Okay, okay. You know, and of course, NVIDIA, want, they want to do that with ARM. The last I wrote about it, they're just facing global, worldwide uh, regulatory compliance approval problems. 
uh, with that acquisition. So we'll see how that goes. I think so, which is actually surprising because I thought that was a done deal when it was announced. And in the event, it's dragging along. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, not a new insight, but the the whole technology sovereignty thing is becoming such a critical issue. So, you know, that deal has to be approved by the UK, the US, China, Europe. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and and they all uh, so it's it's so strategically important. Yeah, they should have made it a topic at the G twenty. <laughs> you guys figure it out. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's a good time uh, to wrap up. So we'll be uh, publishing our calendar on Inside HPC of upcoming topics. We want to invite you to suggest topics to us, but we'll have those out there and take a look, and we'll look forward to uh, being with you next time. That's it for this episode of the At HPC podcast. Every episode is featured on InsideHPC.com and posted on OrionX.net. Use the comment section or tweet us with any questions or to propose topics of discussion. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The At HPC podcast is a production of OrionX in association with Inside HPC. Thank you for listening.